0: So I mentioned earlier uh, that we're going through the Westminster Confession of Faith, a good confession. Uh, it is a good confession. It's a great confession. Um, and it's worth reading. It's worth spending some time reading. And I really think there's, there really is a, no better way to start off 2022 than, than diving in and, and reading it. Um, but what's so beautiful about the confession of faith is, is yes, like it, it's great to read. It's good to read. But right from the beginning, it highlights the most important book of all the scriptures, the Bible. Right from the beginning, it wants you to know that what you should be reading more than the confession, more than anything else, is this book. Uh, And so for 2022, maybe consider reading this too. Um, Dive into this, devour this, eat this up. It's so good, Um, and it's been so good for so many years. Um, It's been translated more than any other book. It's the highest-selling, grossing book of all time. Um, It's absolutely wonderful. It's spectacular. Uh, and I highly uh, recommend it. So, uh, chapter one of the Holy Scriptures of of the Westminster Confession is on the Holy Scriptures, and I'm going to not read one word of it to you this morning. I'm actually going to use the proof text that uh, the confession uses throughout the entire chapter, and I'm going to read those to you, and you're going to hear those spoken out loud, um, and you're going to hear God's word to you. And so... If you're willing and able, will you stand with me? Um, and we're going to read Romans 1, 18 through 25 together. Um, this is Paul writing, um, and this is God's word. It's eternal. It's going to last much longer than my words, much longer than yours. Um, it's going to last forever. Uh, Here's God's word spoken to you, seven rivers. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth, and exchanged the glory of immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in their lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. This is God's word. It lasts forever. You may take a seat. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie. Since the beginning of a time, there has been an exchange of truth for a lie. This exchange starts in Genesis 3, 1 through 7. Adam and Eve are first parents. They did not listen to the truth of God. They did not listen, and they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They believed a lie that the serpent told them. The lie of the serpent um, was this, that God cannot be trusted. The lie of the serpent is that God does not know what is best for us. The lie is that God does not love you. The lie is that God is actually evil. And the lie is that God does not care and that God does not matter. We are faced with this lie every single day. I am, you are, It. Confronts us daily. And we have a choice. Will we believe it? Will we listen to it? Or will we listen to the truth? This lie is constantly crumbling. This story that the serpent tells about God is constantly crumbling. It crumbles when you see a beautiful sunset. It crumbles when you live in Crystal River and you see the water. It crumbles when you listen to masterful music. It crumbles when you witness the Grand Canyon. When we witness creation, its beauty, its majesty, there's something eternal that jumps out of us. It's like as if we feel like we were meant for something so much greater, as if we feel like there is something so much greater meant for us that there is maybe something bigger than us out there. And we feel that every day when we have a good meal, when we eat prime rib on Christmas day, it's good and it speaks to our eternity. It speaks of something greater. It tells us that maybe there is a God. Maybe there is meaning. Maybe we do matter and maybe this God loves us. The theological term for this is general revelation it's the general revealing of the eternal, of God. When we witness the sunset, we feel in our core the voice of God. When we witness our children being born, we feel in the core the voice of God. When we witness our bride walking down the aisle. We feel in our core the voice of God. And for me personally, a hot shower and a bowl of ice cream, that's the voice of God. Don't judge me. You guys, I know you guys do some weird things out there, okay? All of us are encountering God's voice. And side note, if you haven't tried that, try it. And then tell me what you think, okay? We're constantly encountering God's voice. His truth through creation. But are you listening? Do you hear Romans one reveals that our hearts are bent to not hearing. Our hearts are darkened. We suppress the truth. We don't listen. We buy into the lie of the serpent. That's our natural state. One of my friends from childhood, she was an incredible leader. I think actually currently she's a lobbyist in the state of Florida. Phenomenal leader. She was a leader of our middle school youth group and our high school youth group. She was phenomenal. I looked up to her as a Christian and her faith. I remember, though, going to high school camp with her, and we were in a small group together, and she was sharing. And what she said to me was these words She said, I'm not convinced that God is real anymore. And I was shocked because here's this incredible leader, this incredible Christian. She said, If God wants me, then he has to come and get me. I had to hear from him directly. And until I do, I'm not going to believe. To this day, she doesn't follow Jesus. And according to her, she has not heard from God. But in reality, when I think about this, I think she was not listening. Because God has spoken. He has spoken his words. And people have given their life to write them down. And you can read them and she can read them, and she can know her father's story. And if she reads that story, she would see that he has come after her, that he does want her. Have you heard from God? Have you heard his voice? The first chapter of the Westminster Confession of Faith is about the scriptures. It's about God's breathed out words. And these words are speaking to you this day and they're speaking to me. It's God's story. But we are failing to listen and we're failing to hear. In our natural state, in our sin, we suppress the truth. Our hearts are darkened and we are fools. Look at Romans 1. We have exchanged the truth about God for a lie and has led us to re-worship created things instead of the creator. What do we need right now, in this moment? We need for someone to touch our ears, to open our ears, to hear God's voice. In creation, you feel it, you see it, you sense it. You know there's something more out there. But it's not enough to convince you. It's not enough to save you but it should be enough to lead you to want to read and to know the creator. What we see in creation is general revelation, but when we open the Bible and we read its words, we have special revelation. It's unique, it's special. It's God's story revealed to you and to me. It's special because it's his word spoken. It's special because it's his authority it's special because it's his heart. So my first point: it's God's word. God's word. One of my professors at Covenant, I remember at the beginning of his class, he shared a story. Um, And and he shared the story of how he really came to know Jesus. And what happened was is he became really depressed. Um, He became really hopeless. Um, He needed help, but he couldn't find help. He didn't really see much meaning in the world and in the universe. And so he decided that it wasn't worth living. So he got in his car. He drove to a canyon to jump off. He gets to the cliff. He gets to the edge of the canyon. And he sits there and he looks over the edge. And then he looks up and he sees the sun It's rising up. And he sees the colors and the pastels and and the beauty. And he pauses for a moment and says, man, I think I'm just gonna sit down and enjoy this for a moment. And so he sat down and he enjoyed the sunrise. And sure enough, after enjoying the sunrise, he's like, there's something bigger out there. There has to be a creator. So he got back in his car and he began the journey of looking for the creator of the sunrise, the creator of the canyon. He was looking for God. And so he opened the Bible and he, read it and he read the words and he said, I found him. The canyon, the sunrise was not enough to rescue my professor from the wrath of God. It wasn't enough to rescue him from his sin or his judgment. But it was enough to reveal to him that there was a God. We need something more than just creation. We need something unique and special. We need the Bible. It's God's special revealing of himself to his people throughout space, time, and history. In the beginning, God said, what? Let there be light. And there was light. And then God said, Let there be an expanse. And guess what? There was an expanse. And then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And then there was a male and a female made in the image of God. All things created with the spoken word that's written down. When God spoke, it was done. These words are capable of making new life out of chaos, of making new life out of nothingness making new life out of darkened hearts, hearts that suppress the truth. This word written down by human beings was heard by the Holy Spirit in God. It's inspired by God. And so if you read them, what new life will be created in you? Moses, in Exodus thirty-two sixteen, is walking down the mountain where he has just received God's spoken word and it has been written down on the stone tablets. And he's walking down the mountain and this is what verse 16 says, the tablets were the work of God and the writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. And then Peter uh, talks about prophecy and talks about how prophecy doesn't come from any human being but from God. In 2 Peter 1, 21 No prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And then Paul in 2 Timothy 3, 16, says that all scripture is God-breathed. The Bible is the written word of our creator, spoken to us and written down by humans, inspired by the Holy Spirit. The Bible in its original message, written in Greek and Hebrew, is without error, written exactly the way that God wanted it to be written. You can have confidence that when you open this book that you're reading the very words of God. The story of your father in heaven. That you're reading the truth. When you open this book, you're exchanging the lie for the truth. Hans Bayer is a professor at Covenant Seminary. He was one of my professors. And he came into the classroom. He'd just gone off sabbatical, and he was just alive. And he's an older man, um, like Ray's age, I think. Um, but he was alive. I mean, like, lively. Um, and so he comes in, and, and he, I'm like, well, what's, what's up with this guy? And he starts sharing um, about his sabbatical and, and what has happened. And maybe Ray needs to go on a sabbatical, right? Maybe. So... Um, But he he was sharing about what God has been doing um, in his life. And And it was so good. You see, he was struggling before his sabbatical because he reads about Moses and God speaking through the burning bush, right? He sees how God parts the Red Sea. He sees these miraculous acts of God in space, time, and history. And he's like, God, why don't you talk to me like that? Why don't you speak to me like that? And I have felt that same struggle. It's like, man, like if God would just say, Michael, you need to do this and do that. And i would be like, all right, I'm in. If I heard the voice of God. And so he was saying all these things like how he's just longing for special revelation. And he actually reached a point of a crisis in his faith where he was like, the Bible's not good enough for me. It's not. And so he goes on sabbatical and he just opens his heart Uh, to what God has to say. And over time and over that period of opening his heart and praying, he started finding himself opening the Bible. And he started reading it again. And as he prayed and as the Holy Spirit spoke to him through God's word, he was convinced that this was special revelation. He was convinced that this was enough. If he never saw a burning bush with God's voice speaking through it, that's okay. He has God's word spoken to him. And this actually records the exact words that God spoke in the burning bush. I remember sitting there as an early seminary student, feeling so relieved, so relieved that if I just have the Bible, then it's okay, it's enough. I can be saved, I can be rescued. I don't need some existential spiritual moment. I just need his word. Second point, the Bible reveals God's authority. We have God's word, it reveals God's word and it reveals God's authority. Paul writes in 2 Timothy three sixteen. yes, all scripture is God breathed, but it's also profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The Bible has authority to tell you what to do and what not to do. It has authority to teach you, to correct you, equip you, and to train you. The Bible reveals God's authority to judge you according to what is written in it. The Bible must not only be believed as true, must not only be believed as God's inspired word, but it must be obeyed. You must follow it. Why? Because it's his word. It's God speaking. He is much greater than you. If you follow the traditions of man, like file your taxes or don't speed, which, sorry, Emily, you speed. Um, that's my wife. We were just driving this. I was like, we were going way too fast. Um, so maybe not Emily, but, um, but if you don't speed, if you're willing to follow just man made laws, then how much more willing should you be to obey God's word? And Jordan Peterson is a clinical psychologist, he's a professor at Harvard University, and he's not a Christian. And you know what Jordan Peterson believes about the Bible? He believes that it's the most important book in the history of the world. He actually, in one of his lectures, he pleads to his students to stop ignoring it. He says, you must grab a Bible, you must open it, and you must read it from cover to cover. You must read it in its entirety. He says, because the Bible is the greatest human book ever written. He says that if you want to know where you come from, who you are, and where you're going, If you wanna know what it means to be human, then you must read the Bible. Jordan Peterson is on the edge of coming to know Christ. His daughter actually converted recently, uh, uh, Michaela Peterson, and she's a podcaster. And she listened to her father's advice and she dove into the Bible. And she began to pray through it and read it. She was clinically depressed. She was struggling. And she talks to a Christian one day who says, you need God. And you need to ask God to reveal himself to you. So she just dove in and prayed, read the Bible. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, she was convinced that she had found God. In an interview, she says, I found God. And I have so much peace. Peace. God revealed himself to her through the Bible. and She surrendered to its authority and to its truth, and it changed her life. In an interview recently, Peterson, Jordan Peterson, the father of Michaela, he was talking about God, and he started to get emotional, and he started to say, like, listen, I'm a truth seeker. I'm, I'm trying to find the truth. I want to know the truth, and as I read this book, I'm scared that it may be true. And he was emotional because as he says, if it's true, it has authority. And if it has authority, then my life has to change. And he said, I'm scared. The Bible is God's word. It's special. It's revealed to us. It has authority over us. And if we submit to it, it will change our lives. We need someone to touch our ears so that we can hear. We need someone to open up the ears of our hearts so that we can hear what this word has to say. The third point is the Bible is God's heart revealed. It's God's word, it's God's authority, it's God's heart revealed. Rosario Butterfield is a university professor She's an author. She's very popular. She's written many books. But she's also a lesbian. And she hates Christianity. She hated the Bible. So often the Bible was used in posters and in signs to mock her and her life. She began to do a project on right-wing Christians just out of spite and hatred for them. And in that process, she ended up meeting a pastor who became her friend. And she was writing many notes, you know, she started this project, she started writing these articles and she started getting all these emails and all these letters. And she had one side, which was the nice side and one side, which was the bad side. And she was getting all these notes. But then there's this one note that she couldn't put on the bad side or the good side. She was like, it sits in the middle. It disagrees with me, but this person loves me. And it was this pastor, his name was Ken. And he had written her and he befriended her. And he said, why don't you come over to my house and have dinner with me and my wife? And she's like, this is a great opportunity for my research. So she goes and she she sits and eats dinner with them um, and she's expecting and has all these expectations of what it would be like and she creates this hypothesis and she starts, you know, um, analyzing uh, it. But over time, as she met with Ken and his wife, she fell in love with them and they fell in love with her. They became dear, dear friends. They even invited her, Rosario, and her partner over and they would, eat together and fellowship together so she was like maybe I need to read the Bible again And so she started reading it again because of Ken she read it many times in multiple translations and she devoured it and she dove in and then she did this dinner gathering with her friends and one of her transgender friends came up to her and said these words Rosario the Bible reading thing it's changing you And Rosario responded to her friend, what if it's true? What if Jesus is real and risen Lord? What if it's true? What if Jesus really is our King, our Lord? Rosario would continue to read the Bible and wrestle with God. And she writes this in her own words. Then one ordinary day, I came to Jesus. I came open-handed and naked in this war of war views. Ken, my pastor, was there. Floyd, my pastor's wife, was there. The church that had been praying for me for all these years was there. And Jesus triumphed. And I was a broken mess. Conversion was a train wreck. I did not want to lose everything that I loved. But the voice of God sang a love song in the rubble of my world. I weakly believed that if Jesus could conquer death, He can make right my world. By God's grace, Rosario left her lesbian lifestyle, was content to be single, but by God's kindness, she fell in love with a man, married, and has beautiful children. The Bible reveals God's heart for the broken, for the sinner, it reveals his love for his broken children. If you're here this morning, and you're like, I have nothing to do with God, I should have nothing to do with God. That's a lie. Exchange it for the truth. You're God's beloved son, and his beloved daughter. How do I know this? I've read this. You should read it too, because you'll see the heart of a father, a heart for his lost children, how he longs to bring you home and how does he do this? He does it through Jesus. This is God's word. This is his authority over all creation. And this is his heart. And this is his story. John 1, 14, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And because it became flesh, We have seen the glory of God as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. We have received grace upon grace for the laws given through Moses and grace and truth have come through Jesus. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who's at the Father's side. But Jesus has made him known. Hebrews 1, 1 through 2. Long ago, many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, who he appointed the heir of all things, through whom everything was created. John 20:31 These are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God and by believing in him you may have life in him The Bible reveals Jesus Since the beginning we have not been listening We have deaf ears, our hearts are deaf. The Israelites, they'd witnessed God part the Red Sea. They've witnessed God on Mount Sinai come down in a giant cloud. And during that moment, they said, ah, it's not good enough. I'm gonna stop listening and we're gonna worship a golden calf. God's people ignored the prophets. They killed the prophets. They didn't like the prophets, but they were the mouthpiece of God to his people. They did not listen and obey God's word written down in the Torah. And then when Jesus shows up on the scene, the son of God, when he was revealed, he was abandoned by his best friends and he was crucified. In our natural state, as Romans 1 makes clear, we suppress the truth. Since the beginning, there's been a lie And we love this lie. But there's also been a truth that the head of the serpent would be crushed, that the lie would be crushed. Will you listen to this truth? Like Adam and Eve, we've bought into the lie where the serpent says, did God really say that? Did God actually say this? This serpent lies to us telling us that if we listen, then we won't die. But when we sin and when we take a bite of that fruit that God said to not take a bite of, we find ourselves naked, exposed, gross, and unlovable. We feel yucky and we spend our entire lives trying to cover that up, trying to make it seem like that living a lie is better than living in truth. What does the Bible reveal about God's heart for his sinful children? What does God do for Adam and Eve? In their sin, he covers them up. He offers to forgive you. He offers to love you again. His heart for you is to have you back. All of this is done through Jesus and all of this is revealed in the Bible. The Bible reveals all that is necessary to know in order to be saved. Will you listen? The Bible reveals that God sent his son Jesus to die in your place for your sin, for your rebellion, for your refusal to listen. Jesus listened to the father. His ears were open. Jesus obeyed the father even unto death so that those like you and I who naturally ignore God and don't listen to him So that those like you and I could one day hear the voice of our Heavenly Father. So that one day we could hear it. So that one day we could have the Bible written down, have his word written down, and be able to read it. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, follow Jesus. I'm completely incapable this morning. Completely incapable of convincing you that the Bible is inspired. I'm completely incapable of convincing you that it has no error that's authoritative, that's sufficient, that it's God's word because I cannot heal your deaf heart. I cannot touch your ears and open them up to hear God's word. I can't help you to see God's story revealed to you. I can't make you read this Bible and I can't make you listen to it. And actually many people read it and study it and they never hear. I wish my friend from middle school and high school who was that student leader, who was that incredible Christian, would know that God is actually speaking and pursuing her through his word and through this book. But I can't convince her of that truth. No one can. It must be done by God's Holy Spirit. The same spirit that inspired human writers to write this book down, write these words down, it must pierce your heart this morning. Those who ignore, this is a quote from Dixhorn, um, who wrote a commentary on the Westminster Confession, Confession of Faith. He says, those who ignore the Holy Scripture, they are doomed to stumble into ever-deepening darkness. But those who embrace Scripture, those who believe what it promises, those who walk by its precepts, they will never be without a guide or a light. And they will find their way to their father's home. I want to close with a story in Mark 7 a deaf man is brought to Jesus these people came to him they brought him to Jesus said will you please heal him will you please open his ears to hear so Jesus took this deaf man and sure he could have said your ears are healed and been healed but he took his fingers and he stuck them into this deaf man's ear And when he touched his ear, he could hear. I hope that Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit and the reading of the scriptures, will take his fingers and stick them in your ears. The only one who can open our ears is him. The only one who can crush the head of the serpent, the lying serpent, is Jesus. The only one who can save you from God's wrath, from your sin and your death, is Jesus. Do you want to hear? Are you listening? Then come to him. He's here. This is your father's story. And when you read it, you will realize you're part of it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your scriptures. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing in my life. Thank you for what you're doing in the life of your people. We come into 2022 anxious, nervous, unsure. We come in 2022 with our problems, our pains and hurts. And we look to you, Father, we look for you to heal us and to open our ears and to speak your truth to us. We love you and we need you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information or would like to help support the local body of Seven Rivers, please visit our website at sevenrivers.org.